The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I'm the host for this podcast. My husband, Steve Siegel, is producer and founder of the podcast. It was all really his bright idea. Today's episode is episode number 326. And just a reminder to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star rating. That way, when people are searching for help for alcohol and drug addiction, they'll find our podcast. And we hope with each episode that we give messages of hope and we let people know that help is available. So if you could do that, that would be great. So today we have an interview. We have an interview with a celebrity. He is a baseball star and he was um, very well known in baseball until drugs kind of led him down a different path. Today we have an interview with Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry is described as a baseball legend by many who have been dazzled by the dynamics of his game. His many accomplishments in the major leagues include four World Series titles, eight All-Star Game appearances, and a nomination to the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2004. He earned the legendary nicknames and phrases of one of the most feared home run hitters in the game of baseball, Straw's Sweet Swing, Strawberry's Field Forever, and the legendary Straw Man. Although Daryl was extremely successful in his career, his personal life was plagued with addictions, abuse, divorce, cancer, jail time, and other issues. Daryl finally found true redemption and restoration in Jesus Christ. Today, Daryl's purpose and passion is serving Jesus by traveling the country, speaking a message of hope and restoration through the power of the gospel. He is author of numerous books, including the New York Times bestseller, Straw, Finding My Way with John Strasbaugh, Don't Give Up on Me, Shining Light on Addiction, Daryl Strawberry with Sean Powell, The Imperfect Marriage, Help for Those Who Think It's Over with His Wife, Tracy Strawberry, and Turn Your Season Around. In 2011, Daryl and Tracy founded Strawberry Ministries, and they use their global reach to restore the multitudes through spiritual and practical life applications. Without further ado, let's talk to Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry, thank you so much for being willing to talk to us on the podcast today and sharing your story with our listeners. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate uh, being with you guys. And I think this is one of my favorite subjects that I always talk about. I, I, I understand. And I will tell you that my husband is a huge fan and he's very excited to hear from you. And I think the fact that someone such as yourself with... Um, you have a certain celebrity that you bring to the table. And I think that when people such as that tell their story and are willing to be open, not only about their addiction, but how they got clean and sober, I think that that is monumental. And I'm very excited for you to share your story with us. Yeah, it is. It's a real big deal, you know, especially today in the times that we're living in and the epidemic that we're living in. Uh, people need to know that there's great hope. Um, you can be rescued, restored, you know, and redeemed. Uh, addiction is very powerful. It leaves people 
you know, completely hopeless, yep. uh, empty, and don't believe that your life is important. And I always tell people, no matter what, um, your life is important. It doesn't mean you're a bad person because you end up in addiction. It just yep. means you end up with a, a, a disease uh, that's chronic, you know, and, and, and leaves you crippled. And then hopefully uh, this subject today will help so many people so they can understand you can recover. Exactly. So, Daryl, take us back to your beginnings. Like, where did you grow up? What was your family life like? Maybe a little bit about how you got into baseball and what then led you to drugs. So where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? I grew up in Southern California, Los Angeles, California. So I'm a California guy. I should have been like a beach guy, but I wasn't. I grew up in... (laughs) I grew up in uh, the inner cities of uh, South Central California. Um, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. Uh, my dad was a raging alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother was the sweetest little lady you can ever imagine. And here it is. She's raising five kids by herself after so much drama in our house. I just remember um, when I was about 14 years old, my dad came home for the last time, pulled out a shotgun, said he was going to kill the whole family, drunk again. Oh, my gosh. And yes. And had it not been for my mother getting me and my brothers out of the house, it would have been a tragedy that night. Wow. You know, we finally we finally had enough. You know, yeah. Was, 14 you know, years old. That's a lot for a 14-year-old. Were you the oldest or the youngest or middle? I was, I was the youngest out of the boys. Um, so I had two brothers. They were older. Ronnie was uh, 15. Michael was around 16 at the at the time, and my sisters were younger, and we just got tired of hearing the craziness of him coming home, you know, drunk again, once again, and here we go again, and, you know, we, we went into action, you know, me and my brother, Ronnie grabbed a butcher knife out of the kitchen, I grabbed the frying pan, so he pulls out the shotgun and says, he's going to kill us all, and my mother's watching us go into action, and she's telling me and my brothers to get out of the house, Yeah, <laughs> you know, get out of the house, and we were like, no, we're not getting out of the house, we're actually going to kill him tonight, Yeah. she pointed her finger at us like, get out of this house, go down to the neighbors. And she finally got us out of the house and we were worried about her. And she says, I'll deal with this. And we just remembered coming back the next day. And we just remembered that he was no longer going to be in the house anymore. Because what happened there is my mother had saw that the fact of what was taking place that night, that my boys had responded and this could be bad. Yeah. And it was, it was going to end, it was not going to end good, you know, and, and, and most situations, they don't end good like that. Right. You know, when you have somebody in the house that's an alcoholic and, you know, that's crazy like that and you, and you go into action as a kid and, and realize, so I was broken before I ever put the uniform on. Uh, yeah. I was already broken. I was already, already experiencing life at, on life terms, you know, and I started doing all the wrong things, getting into all, all the wrong bad habits, you know, or smoking marijuana at 14, drinking alcohol at 14 already. So this is all before you even found baseball as a career. Oh, yeah. I was I was already in the midst of it. I was already active in, in drinking and drugging early. You know, like, you know, most people say, you know, today, well, marijuana is good for you. You know, it, it was the marijuana maintenance, you know, that I started off on and started going over into the drinking early, you know, drinking Coke 45. And from there, just everything just goes forward. Nothing stays in one place, you know, and I I think that's what it 
what most people don't realize, nobody wake up and say, oh, well, I want to be an alcoholic. Or I want to be a drug addict, you know. Over a period of time, you just continue to go forward and you just continue to go down the wrong roads of life and it just takes you where it takes you. It takes you to places that you could never imagine and keep you longer than you want to stay. Yep. I, I, we have heard that a lot. So did you do baseball in school? Is that kind of how you like give just a little bit of background on your career and how it took off? Well, baseball was like a really outlet for me because I was so broken on the inside and I was hurting as a kid. So you play sports to get away, to escape yeah. from the reality of the pain that you're in. So sports was a driving place for me. You got to remember, my father wasn't just an alcoholic, but he was a raging alcoholic. And, right. you know, he beat the living crap out of us. He would make us take our shirt off and lay us across the bed, and he would beat us with an extension cord. And <sighs> it left deep wounds inside of me. Yeah. And me and my brother Ronnie was affected deeply, you know, because of that and uh, the scars that was left on us. So baseball was a place that I can escape from. When I got into sports, it was because of all the coaches that were coming around me because I didn't have a father in my life. So they played the, the father figure in my life. So they introduced me to playing sports. And once I got introduced to, into playing sports, that was a kind of big relief for me because that allowed me to go out and be outside and be able to do, you know, do some things that were different instead of sitting around. Because I think if I just sat around, I would have probably ended up like my brother and, and running into all the wrong things. He got addicted to drugs and and, and got locked up in prison multiple wow. times. But he went down a real bad road because he was he was scarred, you know, and all these scars were left in him. So his behavior, you know, his behavior became who he was. And I went into sports and I took my frustration out there on the ball field playing ball. Sometimes the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 866-989-4499 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one hour consultation with Bobby. And, but I realized when I got there, man, I want to be the best, you know, why not be the best? Mm -hmm. And, and that was my driving point of being the best ball player that I could be when I stepped on the field. And I think you achieved a lot of that. I think, I think that there are a lot of people who might say you were the best of your time. Well, I'm quite sure, you know, they did say I was the best of my time. I had the ability to play at such a great level and everything. And I think I, I never thought about it. I just, I just worked, 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 you know, because what happened was, you know, when my father told me I would never amount to anything, hmm. I think I focused on that, that I'm going to show him. Yep. Watch me. Yeah. yeah. I had to show me, you know, kind of thing. I wasn't living in Missouri at that time. That was a show me state, but I had to show <laughs> But you had the show me attitude, like watch yeah. what I can do. Was he was he still alive when or in in like connected to you when you were as big a star as you were in baseball? 
Um, he was never, I never allowed him to be uh, a major part of my life just because I became a star. I, I, I hated him actually because of um, his brutality over the family and, and my mother. So I was just like not happy about all of that. So I yeah. really focused on not being a part of him and letting him be a part of me. He really never got a chance to be a part of my success, my career. He's never got a chance to know his grandkids and everything like that. So I, you know, it was a broken relationship and it stayed broken for many years, you know, until my life had changed. And then I would eventually become a different person and I would eventually go back to him and I would eventually end up leading him to the Lord, you know, after I had changed and became the person I can. Okay. Fair enough. And I, yeah. and I understand how that would go down. So while you were playing baseball, were you continuing to do marijuana and alcohol? Was, did, was that still happening? No doubt about it. I mean, playing sports at the highest level and, and the lifestyle, all that comes and run hand in hand. Okay. It's a big, big deal. It's an open opportunity. You got to remember when you become successful and rich, nobody tells you what to do. You can do whatever you want to do. And when you see most celebrities, you know, that's why you see a lot of them end up in addiction is because uh, no one ever tells you you got a problem. No one ever tells you, well, you need help. Or you just, no one ever tells you no. Right. And right. I think, in fact, some people enable celebrities and sports figures with the drugs. No doubt about it. it it's all there. It's hand in hand. You know, I've been around the lifestyle and the parties, you know, the parties are real. And, and most people are consumed with you know, the lifestyle of drugs and taking something or, you know, to make you feel better, to make you escape from what? You know, a lot of times we say we want to escape from the reality of life. The, the reality of our life is being in the spotlight and you're going to always have notoriety. You're going to always have attention and you're going to always have people following you and want to take snapshots of you. Yeah. You know, I, I think I got away with a lot of that because it was in the eighties, but if you live in this time now, it's very hard to be able to deal with that, with that kind of pressure of people following you and chasing after you just to get, a, just to get a snapshot. So yeah. uh, that's the lifestyle that, you know, everybody puts on the plate for you. And so, when you get that lifestyle and you're on that plate of that lifestyle, it's very easy to get caught up down the wrong road and not be able to make your way back. I think a lot of people have a very hard time finding their way back. And I had a very hard time finding my way back too. I'll sit here and could tell you, um, I went to like five different treatment centers, you know, once I realized that I had a drug problem, but I still didn't stop because a lot of times I wasn't ready to surrender. You have yeah. to be, completely ready to get to that point of where you surrender your life and you really want to change your life. Yep. I do understand that. Did drugs play a part in the end of your professional baseball career? No question about it. Uh, okay. Drugs will take you completely out and it will break you at the end of the day. You know, I think I got suspended from Major League Baseball three times and that was it. You know, I was done. I was banned from you know, Major League Baseball at the end of, um, at the end of 90 year, 99, I'm sorry. That was my last year. So, and uh, yeah, it takes away everything from you. It strips you from everything, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm so glad that it did strip me from the things, but it didn't strip me from my life, you know, and that's a big difference. You know, me sitting here today and saying, I've been, been stripped from things. I've been stripped from all these earthly things just to be, because it took me so far down 
But when I finally got up and surrendered, you know, it brought me a life and it brought me abundant life. It made me a different person because, you know, that is truly the key for anyone to be able to really find peace and joy is when he comes to that place and surrender. Then he can learn to be content with just not having to be important. It's not important to be important. Right. You know, when we can realize that, you know, uh, then we can move forward. But if you, you know, in the spotlight and you think it's about being important, you can never get well because you'll never let go of it. And I think you see a lot of people uh, that have been in the spotlight like me have recovered, but a lot more of them have died because yep. they couldn't get away from it. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Daryl, what was it? Because you said you went to several treatment centers. What was it that finally, like we we call this point of no return. What was your point of no return where you finally did embrace your faith, find your faith, and get clean and sober? What what was that point for you? I, I you know that's a really good question, and most people that are listening need to understand. You need to let someone else be a part of your life and help you. Um, you can't do this alone. You know, we all think we could do it alone, and I got this. Uh, you don't have this. That's why we see the epidemic today. So many young people are losing the battle because they think they have this and they got control of it. And the opiates are just killing them and the fentanyl is just killing them. Um, yeah. You don't have this. I, I didn't have this. Um, the challenge for, was for me was I needed to let other people love me until I learned how to love myself. And I sit here today and I can tell you that wife of mine was the key to my turning point. Uh, she stayed on me, she pulled me out of dope houses and I was broken and I was $3 million in debt, didn't have a driver's license and she was chasing me down in South Florida and I was shooting dope and smoking crack. She was banging on doors, kicking them down, pulling me out of dope houses and saying, God's got a plan for your life. I says, why don't you guys just, you know, God just leave me here and let me die. And she just looked at me and told me, you're not that lucky. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out, if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com, or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com, or call us at 727 314 7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. So it's amazing when you allow someone to be able to help you get to the next place that you need to get in life. Because what people don't understand is, I don't care who you are, you cannot do this alone. You know, and a lot of times people, you know, believe I got this, I can overcome this. You cannot overcome this by yourself. You know, I wasn't able to overcome it by myself and other people wasn't able to overcome it by themselves. When you finally allow someone in to help you and walk with you, then it's a step by step and it's a process. It's not an overnight miracle. I'm going to sit and tell nobody, well, I, I, I got this overnight. No, it was a process. It was after many trials many tribulations, many dark roads in dark places. And all of a sudden, I finally allow someone else to grab me by the hand and lead me down the right road. I think I think that's amazing. You know, um, Tracy told us about when she first met you, 
Um, but she didn't really give us much of the down and dirty because that's your story to tell, you know, not so much hers. And, um, yeah. No, so, it is. It is. It's clearly my story. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to tell it, you know, because I know the, the true meaning behind it because it was a rescue uh, of, of someone else, you know, being able to help me um, truly find my way. You know, and, and that's important for people to understand that are watching this. And, you know, stop trying to believe that you can do this all by yourself. You can't. Or that you've got it under control. There's no, there, yeah. If we had it under control, we would we wouldn't have never been picking up from the beginning. Exactly. So I, I didn't never have it under control. You know, you just think you're in, in your own thought process that you have it under control, but you clearly do not have it under control. You are, I was clearly out of control. Right. And, and I'm like, I'm like every addict, you know, that's out there that's struggling. For the grace of God, there go I. It, yeah. Just the difference today is I no longer have a desire to use. I don't pick up. I don't put myself in places with people, places, and things. That I live a different life because I realize that if I don't live this way, I will go back to the way I was because you'll put yourself around all the wrong things. Exactly. And I think... I think also, and again, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's my understanding that part of your recovery was finding Jesus and finding your faith. And I'm assuming that Tracy helped you get there. No question about it. She was the one that led me back into the church. Um, that was the miracle part of my life. You know, I sit here today and people say, well, you're a great man and you, you're doing great things and you're helping so many. But little do you know that it, it, had it not been for that wife of mine's leading me back into church, I wouldn't be the man I am today. So I think what people need to understand is you need to allow God to use the people that he put next to you, that he connects you with, to be able to experience his love, not their love. I mean, I experienced Tracy love, but yep. I experienced the love of God through her yep. that brought me to the place that I am today. And that is, that is the reason most remarkable thing that one can ever receive when he allows that to happen. So what does that mean? Joni, that means that you have to get rid of your ego. But what is the ego? In all of us, a man, a woman, what is the ego? A three-letter word, easing God out. So mm. we, have to, we have to stop uh, easing him out and let him come in. And he usually come in through other people and until you can carry yourself and carry your own weight. So it was for a very long time. See, but most people don't understand they look at Daryl Strawberry today and they say, well, he's successful. He's a preacher man and everything. He lives a different way. But I sat for seven years to get well, mm. you know, because there's a wellness that has to take place on the inside of you. Not what you look like on the outside. Just because you hadn't had a drink and drug in a year, you think, well, I'm looking good on the outside, but how are you on the inside? And that's what most of us don't understand. The inside job is a lot of work because the inside has been broken for a very long time. And you have to let yourself go through this process of being healed step by step. You know, I think one thing I learned more than anything and in getting into recovery, uh, the drugs wasn't the problem. You know, that's the simple. That's right. That's problem, right. That's the solution. Yeah. The problem was, was my behavior. You know, can, can I change the behavior of who I am? If I could change the behavior of who I am, I got a chance of getting into recovery because if you don't change the behavior, you're going to keep doing the same thing and you can't go from one thing to the next. You got to change all these behaviors that you have 
learned behaviors that you had learned in your addiction and you have to be able to get rid of all those so you can walk down a new road. And I would just like to say to you, very well done on your years of sobriety. How many years is it now? I think I'm up to around about 19 now. I stopped counting. Yeah. And and you, uh, yeah, but very, very well done. And I think I, I can see that you didn't only and and it's so courageous to to get clean and sober. We know we don't have I don't have my own personal history of addiction, but I know that it's not easy. And you confronted all aspects of it, the physical aspect and the mental aspect and then embraced your spirituality and here you are today. And tell me what you're doing now because you go around and help other people. In fact, you're not even at home right now. You're up in New Jersey helping people. So tell us how that yeah, works. I'm always- I'm always doing something, yourself. you know, I'm always involved in something, man. I'm doing a event in New Jersey uh, for a Jewish community uh, to help with that, to the, educate and help the non-Jewish people where they get a chance to make a trip to Israel and visit Israel, you know, so they raise money to help them so they can understand that culture. Yeah. Um, I'm usually in a church somewhere on a, a weekend, um, I'm preaching in a church, and if not, I'm in a prison somewhere, usually in a prison, going behind the prison gates uh, to give back. You know, yep. what was what was freely given to me, uh, I give it back. I don't just sit around and keep it and say, you know, this is this is only for me. It, it's, it's for all of us, you know, all of us that are hurting because we're we're hurting as a nation of people in some capacity. And yep. we all need each other and we need the message of hope to bring to other people. So I, I might clearly come to bring the message of hope to people. And I do a lot with recovery. I do a lot as far as helping others getting into recovery. I'm having a golf outing on the 26th here in New York and the golf outing to raise money. And what's the reason of raising the money? To raise the money for fighting addiction, to help someone that needs to get into a treatment program, you know, be able to send them to a treatment program. I try to, I try to send them to a program that has some faith-based principles in it to help people um, get to a place of the, the spiritual part of who we are, because that is lacking so much in so many places and so yep. many people and so many people are still uh, can't get over, can't get, can't get clean, can't get sober because they spiritually hasn't been woken up inside. And once you wake yourself up spiritually inside, then you can really move forward and experience life. And you no longer have to, uh, use drugs, alcohol to try to satisfy that empty feeling on the inside of you. Exactly. I mean, you're exactly correct. And we applaud you for everything that you do, Daryl, in getting out there and spreading the word and helping other people. If people want to know more about where you are and what you're doing, is there a website they can go to? Yes, you can go to our website. Our website is findingyourway.com. That's the website that me and my wife share together. And that's our ministry page, you know, and and what people don't understand, you know, this is not about religion. You know, you know, some people think that this is about faith. This is about what can help people. We've been there. We've written books on it, how we have been able to overcome addiction and become a new person. And I think a lot of people need to understand that, you know, um, you could become a new person just as well as I. I look at a guy like me. I, when I started this journey, I was out of the box, $3 million in debt, didn't have a driver's license. Now I sit here, I live an abundant life and I travel this nation 270 times out of the year, 
helping people. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You know, your mess can become your message. Your story didn't become his glory. If you allow that to be a part of your life. And I, I think we need to get back to understanding that we all need each other. Yep. You know, if we come together to be able to help each other, then some can make it. I, I look at, like I said before, I look at so many celebrities that have OD'd and died. They didn't have to die. Mm -mm. If somebody would have delivered the correct message to them and, and bring the right hope to them and, and not, you know, enable them so much because you enable them because they're celebrities and they got money and everything. Money can't save you when addiction is rolling in your mm -hmm. life. You know, it, it's a real reality that we live in and we really need to check the real reality of it. I'm, I'm a realist about it because I know I walked in firsthand myself for a very long time and everybody was like saying, well, he's such a loser because he plays Major League Baseball. He's had all the success. Now he ends up in drugs. No, I got I, I got a message from my mess. I got a message to carry that's going to help somebody else that is struggling, that is willing to surrender themselves and find freedom for themselves. I think I think that's amazing. I I really, Daryl, thank you for everything you are doing to help people. I know that you know the fact of your celebrity maybe opens some doors for people to listen to you, but your message is all you. It's all faith. And it's very real and it's something that people need to hear. And I appreciate you very much for everything that you do, both you and your lovely wife. You two are making a difference and we need about a million more of you guys. Well, thank you so much. We just care about people, you know, and I care about the young people more than anything. And I go into a lot of schools and I tell the younger generation, don't ever pick up. Don't ever pick up a drink. Don't ever pick up a drug. If I say if I could do it all over again and I know what I know today, I wouldn't have never picked up that drink. I wouldn't have never picked up that drug. Everybody makes it like, oh, it's exciting. We can have fun. You can party. But look at what we're dealing with today. We're, we're oh. dealing with anxiety. We're dealing with the loneliness. We're, we're dealing with the emptiness of young people. And they all are picking up. And guess what? They all are not. They're, they're not surviving. They're That's not, right. Because now the kid who wants to just try a Xanax because he feels like maybe it'll just smooth him out or chill him out, he gets a Xanax and it's fentanyl, he dies. These kids are dropping like flies. It's very scary. So your message is exactly spot on. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. And, you know, and these parents talk about, well, we smoked marijuana and we smoked, we, we took a Xanax. But they don't understand that the drugs today are so different. Oh, they, yeah. They they addict. They grab a kid at 14, 15 years old, and they are addicted. I know because we had two treatment centers down in Florida when we was in the treatment business. My wife ran the treatment center, and we experienced so many kids from 18, between 18 to 30, addicted, you know, yep. and, and, and just walking like zombies and don't want to live no more and talk about, well, Mr. Darrow, I'd rather be dead. I was like, no, you don't. You don't understand. Dead is dead. There's no return. That's right. They have no idea what they're talking about, but they're so addicted and the drugs that got them is so, so powerful. It makes them lose themselves in the midst of all of that. Yep. Yep. Well, Daryl, leave us with one really positive message for our listeners that they can take away with them. Well, I think the most important thing for our listeners that you could take away that if you're struggling, you can get the help that you need, uh, no matter what is happening in your life. Um, uh, 
you're not a you're not a mistake. You just we just make a bunch of mistakes. All of us doesn't matter who we are. The return of you to come back is so important because when you return, the gift is so bigger than you because now you have the message to carry to help somebody else, and that's really what's important. That's really what makes a difference at the end of the day. It's about us giving back to go help somebody else so somebody else can help somebody else. And that's how people get well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our episode today. I think that Daryl's story is like none other that we've heard than we've heard. I think his story is amazing. He obviously was a huge baseball star but had issues in his life that turned him to drugs and alcohol. But now he and his wife, Tracy, are giving back and they are spreading the word, not just the word of Jesus, but the word of abstinence and staying away from drugs and staying away from alcohol. And it's it's amazing what the two of them are doing. Once again, the website is called findingyourway.com. Check it out if you or someone you know is suffering from addiction. And we'll be back again next week with another interview. You have been listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.